Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to windboard cruising. So we have a lot to catch up on. We have been busy and have a lot to talk about. So I guess first of all, we should start where we left off, which was we were in France and now we're in Tahoe. It's a lovely, beautiful day. It's a little cold, huh? Mm-hmm. Normal for this season, yeah. finally. Big storm coming in. Um, but we were in France, and uh, we were ready to start catching up on some of our podcasts, and you caught COVID, and <laughs> I didn't really want to sit next to you with the mic. How was that? How was your COVID experience? Um, yeah, that was a week of doing okay and uh, where I got relegated to sleep in the bunk bed (laughs) by myself. In our Airbnb. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. Like you still have a little bit of a cough, but not too bad. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel after we flew back, I felt like I was feeling better like before we left. And then, I don't know. Yeah, just to be clear, you tested negative before we got on the plane. Yeah, so. twice. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. And then, and then I don't know, maybe the jet lag. Yeah. And then a little the, tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, I'm getting a second round of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the symptoms, not, not COVID itself. Yeah. And then I've been buzzing back and forth and all around the planet on business trips. So we finally had a minute to kind of settle down. I wanted to catch everybody up. So... Last we left off, we had talked about our new boat, the Outremer 52, and we were also in La Grand Motte getting ready for Outremer week. And that's more of the training um, and all of the courses and, and classes for that. And we sat down and we thought about what we wanted to share with people about the training. And rather than just talk about Outremer week, we thought it would be useful you know, now that we've had a bunch of training under our belts on the performance boats and also general topics that would apply to anybody, um, in addition to having a couple seasons experience on the boat and then all of the things we did prior to getting on our boat, the training, we thought we might share a perspective on, you know, what would a couple want to learn or take courses on or get leveled up on um, if one person had a little bit more experience, well, in your case, a lot more experience (laughs) than me. And um, so you have one person with experience, one person with a little bit of experience, and then you're going into, um, you know, catamaran sailing. And then for us, uh, performance sailing, which it's just being having specific experience for the boat. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I think by now you've got a lot of experience too. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it's a lifelong kind of yeah, project. I think it takes learning. I think it takes a couple of lifetimes to be really good at sailing um, for sure. You learn something new every time you step on a boat. So what we thought is in the context of having two people you know, with different levels of experience, like there's sort of things that, you know, how I feel about it is I have a steep learning curve, but I want you to continue to learn, you know, on these, on, on the boats and continue to grow your skills. So 
it does it really make sense for you to relearn what I've learned and to take the same classes at the same time? You know, there's things I need. You've spent more time doing passages and and on boats and and probably have a lot more experience on the on the sailing specifics. And um, so I, I kind of have some catch up to do. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the you have to focus on something, and and the danger is to spread the time you have to train on too many things. Yeah. And and I think it's great to, I mean, we'll dive into this, but I think the fundamentals is what you're going to do every day. Yeah. It's just sailing, maneuvering. Yeah. You know, and we between the two, the couple, the people in the couple, like, and and that's what people need to feel comfortable about. Yeah. And I think that's why you decided. Yeah, to do what I did. To really focus on that. Yeah. So, um, yes. And the other thing is we've observed a lot of, because we because I, I've been in a lot of classes and on boats with a lot of different skill levels, as you have too. Um, y- you know, there's some things you should, you, that are useful to learn before you even step on a boat. Like if you don't have a lot of time to be on a boat, there are still things you can do to learn. During the winter. During the winter, <laughs> yeah. In our case, there's things to bone up on. Yeah. So that's how we kind of broke it down. So we're going to go through from kind of the basic set of things, things you can do at home, you know, ways to practice, and then, you know, starting to look at different courses or, or things you might want to look at. Um, so first set of category is sort of the basic theory and the skills. So that's like basic sailing principles, understanding you know, basic line handling and um, knots, things like that, things that you can do before you even go on a boat or take a class. And I think understanding the theories, there's a lot of content out there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, which is also a little bit of a danger because, you you know, it's it's ideally you find one channel, one YouTube yeah. channel or one, one online course that it gives you from beginning to end because yeah. you can be lost quickly and, and hear different opinions. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely recommend, like, I um, I did sign up for the, you took the RYA and you got the certification and you flew to Halifax and all that to do to do your actual, your actual practical exam. But I signed up for the online course and I actually thought that the theory uh, was really good. Yeah, and we're talking about the, I forgot the exact name, but it was what Coastal Navigation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the course was um, was really well done mm-hmm. and I was able to do it online by myself. And um, so, yeah. But there's even more basic courses. I, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I haven't checked, but I imagine they have probably for many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully they have. Yeah. Some. Just to understand basic, basically how sailing works. So there's that. Um, there's also local sailing clubs. So we joined a local club here, Club Nautique, uh, as we said in in podcast before, and they do a good job and they have coursework that you can look at as well. Um, so any local clubs can do that before you even get on a boat. And then the knots are important um, <laughs> and they're easy to pr- definitely easy to practice. Um, when you get on the boat, then you watch people do them different ways and you can learn easier ways. Like I definitely learned an easier way this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the line handling and throwing, what, I, what I've also noticed and had I you know, done it all over again. Cause by this p- time, I, by, by this time I know how to do it because we were even on our own boat, but 
you know, just to practice in the backyard, like th- how to throw a, 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 a line um, to a target on a long distance is, I think, a good thing to just practice at home. You could do that pretty easily, setting something up. Yeah, I mean, you need a bigger line. Yeah. <laughs> you need, like, ideally also a wet line, you know, so to you understand right. the, that quickly, if you drop the line in the water, you need to retrieve it quick, quickly, and you still have to throw it, but now you have a heavier line that is wet. Yeah, so. and there's techniques for it. You know, Nikki has this great technique where um, you basically start with your hands really close together with a bunch of line in both hands, well, looped in, kind of in both hands, and then you fling your arms apart like you're doing a big ta-da you know so you kind of fling your hand, hands up I'm doing it here on, in front of Stefan but you guys can't see me obviously but anyway it's a great just a great technique to learn there's things like this that and make sure you hold on to hold the on to the line yeah <laughs> I, I step on the end um, for me so um anyway things like that and then the other thing I think you know which would be really good is just the vocabulary so understanding different parts of the boat certainly but making sure that you're using the same vocabulary as your partner. Mm. Um, You had different words for things than I had, and we finally got on the same page about what we called things. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But, you know, I think, I think that's a, that's a good one to know. And even though, you know, like I had my own little names for things and I knew what it meant, but he didn't know what it meant. And, and so it's just best to get clear on that. And then, as we said, kind of the basic navigation and, it's not so much you're going to use your, you know, there's there's um, electronics and stuff for the navigation. So it's not like you're using paper charts anymore too much. But I think it just helps you understand more the theory and the things going on mm-hmm. um, in, in the navigation classes. Because they help t- teach you things like, you know, okay, then there's tide and then there's compass, time and angles, angles and, and stuff. Sight. Yeah. yeah. And and I think what's important in all this is, you know, you might just loosely look at all these, but once you get on the boat, because it, yeah, you have so much to like, you know, focus you, on, yeah. to focus on, then suddenly you're going to forget a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, your comfort level suddenly like drops by the day. Exactly. Like, as the day goes by. So it's like everything you can master and by practicing and, and really practicing over and over um, then you're going to feel much more confident once you step on the boat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if this, this uh, we're just talking about the basic category right now. There's like actually a lot to learn in that category, and um, definitely true. If you step on a boat before you've even ever sailed once or been on a boat once, these things are really useful to know. Um, okay, so then the second category we're kind of calling boat handling and crew communication. So these are sort of the next set of things to get clear on as you're partnering together to sail a boat. Um, so obviously both people know how to need to know how to do the motoring and the docking. Um, you know, we did them in a certain order, like Stefan was always at the helm. And then, as I mentioned before, I took the helm and I felt monumentally more comfortable once I did that. And it also helped us split up the work and decide on the roles. So it seems like it's easier to have, you know, the one with more experience at the helm when you're docking or, or trying to do a um, med mooring. But actually, you know, sometimes it's harder to be the one handling the ropes and the lines, right? And, on a physical level. Yeah. And, and then because with the headset that we've talked yeah. about, 
you can still give feedback yeah. and give recommendations and you know and so you obviously want to let the person at the helm take charge but you can give you can some see input. things better yeah, yeah when you're so in front. so it's not like the person is left left alone right and um so i think i think the trend we've seen yeah the couples where you know the the trend is definitely well i don't know if it's the the people we've talked to more and more it seems like the the less experienced person is mm. at the helm and the one with more physical like longer arms taller yeah. you know um is doing the lines and 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 things especially in a docking situation cuz the lines are heavy they get wet um there's some pulling that needs to happen the slime lines if you're backing in yeah. Yeah. and and of course we're saying this and it's it's not like you take the helm and and you have to you don't do it anything out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need like proper training yeah. so in you know you can hire somebody to come on your boat yeah. and and help you so you need to do it in the in a structure sure 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 you know yeah. training and and then to really build your confidence but once you've reached that level where now you're at the helm and you're contributing mm-hmm. to working on the boat. And, right. And then that's a huge confidence booster for the person. And I definitely think this is the second level. You know, again, you're you're walking on the boat with more experience than I did initially in the beginning, right? Mm. But um, in this next kind of category of basic boat handling and crew communication, this is, this is going to help you safely operate the boat as a couple, right? So... I think splitting up the roles, both of you knowing how to maneuver the boat in tight quarters, like those are all those are all good things. And then it helps you kind of figure out, like I said, the, the roles, like who's doing what. Mm-hmm. And then it also helps you practice, um, you know, how to do maneuvers together and, and communicate a certain protocol or procedure. Um, and they teach this in the courses. You know, every like uh, Club Nautique had their own kind of way of doing things and RYA has their own way, way of doing things. And so, you know, you're going to learn different ways, but once you're on the boat together as a couple, you kind of need to know what that is. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and figure out your own way. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing it sort of starts to bring up, and this isn't really an on boat thing. This is an off boat thing that you can practice together is talking through your ground rules and basic risk management. So, um, you know, thinking through situations and understanding, you know, what do you both feel comfortable about? Whether it's, okay, when do we reef? Or, you know, what happens in a certain situation? We did a podcast and, and we have a blog on risk management and coming up with a plan and kind of trying to prioritize what to focus on. Um, and I think that's really, really useful and you don't need a boat to do that. But once you get on the boat, you'll be really, really happy you have that in terms yeah. of. And once you get your boat, I mean, there will be uh, guidelines for reefing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can start with those guidelines, but obviously, you know, if now you're going to be sailing at night or, you know, close to the shore or away from, mm-hmm. you know, you know there, you have to refine those guidelines between what's comfortable between, between the, the two people. Right. And, you uh, said something just now that was good. I, I it triggered a you know. It's like, what are the standing orders, and are you clear? Like, if someone's on night watch, when do you wake the person up? I mean, these things might be obvious to people who've maybe been on boats a little bit longer, but you know, when you're first when you're first sort of sailing together, it's good to know. You mm-hmm. know, do I wake you up 
every time, you know, I have a question or do I wake you up when I start to get afraid of like the certain angle or, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. And typically it will be like, okay, if the wind goes above right. a certain level, then okay, maybe yeah. you wake me up. Or if the wind shifts, you know, so many degrees, then, you right. know, most likely we'll want to tack or jibe or something. So let's, let's wake, the, wake up the other person. So it's like when to do certain things, but there's also the standard operating procedures on how to do those things. Mm-hmm. So we t- you talked about reefing. So that has to be documented. So when, yeah. when you are like working together and, you know, you can reverse the roles and everybody knows the order of things. Yeah. And it goes the other way around, right? Like um, you tend to be someone who likes to do everything yourself. And, you know, so I'll be asleep and you'll, you'll be thinking, oh, I don't want to wake her up to do a sail change, but I would rather you wake me up, you know, just, it would make me feel better and worry less. Right. So I think it goes both ways on kind of setting the ground rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we covered basic theory and skills and then boat handling and crew communication. I think the next category is practical sailing skills and, you know, sales, sail trim, changing sails, what sails to use when, um, you know, that kind of thing. And you'll get those if you're in a sailing course at a, at a local club. Um, but you know, there's, there, this just has to do with how much time you spend practicing and being on a boat in that practice mode, which is very different than cruising mode, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we learned. Um, in cruising mode, we're just kind of cruising and getting things done. We're not really thinking about you know, improving our skills, at least that's not how it worked for us. <laughs> it's, well, and, and granted that our cruising seasons have been dictated by visa limits, by yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID rules, by your work. And, and so it, it definitely You're adds not in up. learning mode, though, you know, yeah, you're it, in cruising mode. That's It different. was adding up to, like, yeah. we had deadlines. Yeah. And um, so that definitely... Well, does, first season, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so that does now, but... Hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's like you have to really dedicate time. You do because even, you know, when you're cruising, you're focusing on the traveling and everything else and maybe entertaining and and it it's good. It would be good to dedicate, okay, on Mondays we're going to do a maneuver practicing or we're going to do, you know, something. Like you're gonna, something, you know. It's really good to do that once you're on your boat. Mm-hmm. But before you get on your boat, um, you know, the small dinghies are a good way to practice, obviously. And the then, best way. yeah. And then charter vacations. So when we did our charters, same thing. It was sort of, we were in, we were in vacation mode, but it, it would be good if you could dedicate some time, um, focused on, okay, you know, let, even if you're just talking about sail trim together and, you know, getting the most out of your sail. But I think that's an easy thing is you're kind of making a passage from, you know, in a charter from one island to the next. You can just kind of talk about certain things. Yeah, and I've talked about this also in the past. I mean, if you can join some, what we call in the U.S., beer can races, you know, they're typically like Friday night or midweek. Mm-hmm. They are very informal uh, races, but... And you don't have to have experience for those, right? No, you just... Depends. Where it's just you, attitude, right? You just they exactly. Yeah. You, maybe you bring something. You bring yeah. some drinks. You, you, bring you bring cookies, cookies and and, um, and and then yeah, they, they sometimes they want the weight. Yeah. You know? So, um, but then yeah, it's more the attitude. And then you even if you're not involved, you'll be observing. A right. Lot. You learn a lot observing for sure. And and the great thing is in those cases they will also fly the spinnaker, so you'll see the spinnaker handling. You put it up, yeah. put it down. You know, jibing. 
versus you know in the sitting club uh, that might not be like a priority you're just you're yeah sitting with white cells that's and, true yeah. that's really true and I do notice now that I've been on a few rallies because uh, Utremer week has the the sailing days or the Utremer cup days where you're doing the rallies from buoy to buoy you learn so much more in a race situation oh, yeah. mm. uh, so that just practicing is really good even if you don't have any experience if you show up with you know a six-pack and some cookies and a good attitude you know they'll take you on the boat yeah and there'll be a typically like a barbecue or something afterwards so it's great it's for fun socializing. to meet people and then yeah. they invite you back and suddenly like you can maybe at some point like take on some rules in the boat mm-hmm. if you're interested and committed to you know mm-hmm. that's what they're looking for i mean initially like you can to have some guests and some added uh, crew it's mm-hmm. great and but if you have people who are willing to come back and already know the boat and and know the people then mm-hmm. they're very happy so that's that's something to not ignore once you feel a little certain level of you know confidence with you know moving around the boat and, yeah. and knowing the basics that we talked about. And then I would absolutely, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, sign up for a passage, especially if you've never, you've never done one before. Um, you know, I did mine with Fifty Nine North, which was awesome. And they're doing now like women. Yeah, they're doing women's now because Nikki's yeah. helping them too. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but there's all kinds of things, you know, if, even if you have know someone with a boat that needs help delivering it somewhere, I mm-hmm. mean, that's another obvious one. Um, or people and that just, have a boat like the one you're going to get or the one, you know, you're thinking about. There's a lot of people that just need crew to do the Panama, you know, passages and some other things. Yeah. And then just keep in mind, they are, they are like passages, obviously, they're very popular. Because they're like going with the wind and with the waves, so it's good to pick one that's yeah a little well, challenging. Yeah, well, yes, if you can, but I'm just saying like they'll be harder to get a spot. But if, if for example, if you need to do a, like on the west coast, you know, once the boat sails to Mexico, like you know, they need to come back from Mexico to the maybe the Bay Area or to LA or something, and nobody wants to do. Like beating the, up wind. What's called the Baja Bash? You're being up wind, and there is motoring, and mm-hmm. you, might, you know. But anyway. That's it's opportunity. It's it's experience. So yeah. this, if you're willing to to join, you know the 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 kind of the non fun way. That's true. Uh, well, and that's why spots. I picked the uh, Key West to Bermuda because I knew m- much of it was upwind, mm. um, and I knew there were going to be storms, um, and I also knew there was the Bermuda Triangle, which seems like super stupid, but if you're superstitious, you know <laughs> it's sort of just an added added bonus. Um, plus it's like a mile trench or something underneath you. So anyway, there's, there's some things that, you know, you could think about to make it more challenging. I, I would definitely do that because you really don't know how your body's going to respond or the, I didn't. And I think I told, I said this in the podcast about it. Um, I think it was in season one where, you know, the guy who was my bunk mate, like got seasick the entire time. He was sick for all eight days. And, um, you know, he, he was planning to, sell his house and buy a boat and put his family on the boat. And afterwards he was like, wow, you know, I, I might really need to take another look at my plans because he, he just didn't know he had never been on a passage. I didn't have that experience. I slept great. I was fine, but you know, it's, it's just good to kind of shake that stuff yeah, out. That was a good investment yeah, in, on his in part. time and money to yeah. realize that, you know, going down this path was not for him. Yeah, so that's base, basic like practical skills, um, and then there's I, what I would call advanced skills. So I think there's two tracks for the advanced skills. One is just more advanced sailing situations. So, for instance, 
um, putting yourself in situations, um, you know, like a, a coastal, what was it? Coastal, what was the our way thing you did? Yeah, like coastal navigation. I mean, that's where they where you go a couple weekends and they wake you up in the middle of the night and and they pull you know. Oh, you mean with the? Remember with, they? No, 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 not with U.S. sailing. U.S. sailing, yeah. Yeah. So and they we, ran drills, right? Uh, yeah, I don't remember too many. Dr- well, yeah, but they we pulled had, a seacock, right? Uh, yeah, you had different drills yeah. where you know you. Yeah, they drop like something in the water and then, you know, uh, maybe uh, 30 minutes later say, oh, you need to go retrieve and you didn't right. know about it. So hopefully you have your tracks and then you have to t- take into account the wind and the current and then try to start doing a, a certain, not circle, but a certain shape around the area you think the buoy is at and then, then try to retrieve it. So, so yeah, you have drills like this. So they were like, um, and in the case of U.S. sailing, that was for the coastal passage making, and it was uh, five weekends of like two and a half days each mm-hmm. weekend. And then you start with basically your crew member, then your assistant navigator, then your navigator, then your skipper, and then you are in ta- what they call tag along. So you basically charter your own boat with a crew, and uh, and then the uh, instructor or the, is on a different boat, and then but then at night you anchor in the same place, and they go through what navigation you've done and ask questions yeah. and stuff like this. So it's just a little more advanced, you know. More demanding. It's yeah. a bigger commitment. Uh, not all the clubs teach this way. There was also very specific to, mm-hmm. to club nautique, uh, I think. And um, so, but definitely, I mean, it, it just for the you. situational awareness, you know, like more, it's giving you things that are unexpected in addition to you learning kind of more skills, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, I mean, you're sitting at night and, and you're working with a crew and, and you're doing like paper charts and stuff. So uh, there's definitely uh, stuff that you're practicing that you might not be using on a regular basis, but it's good to have practiced those skills in Mm -hmm. case, you know, you need to revert back to that. Uh, And it's not, you're not completely like lost. Yeah. It definitely pushes you out of your comfort zone once you've mastered certain level of, uh, of like sailing. Right. So, you know, there's basic practice of just sailing the boat, you know, like, like we mentioned, um, and optimization things that you learn how to do the more time you spend on the boat, like, like sail trim or getting the most out of your boat, especially when it comes to, you know, the specifics of your boat. So what did you think of celestial navigation? I think, uh, so what the course I did was over two weekends, I think, uh, looking back after the first weekend and the skills I had learned, like I would have been happy to then on my own on a boat then start practicing this and probably at a later time come back for like the more in-depth, like, you know, for a uh, second weekend. Um, that but, was definitely a lot of information. But do you think, you know, since you took it, if we were in a situation where for whatever reason we would have to do it, that you could figure out how to do it? Not today. No, not today. But, I mean, if you had a couple of days on a boat doing nothing else and you had well, to... the plan is, yeah, to to definitely go over this this training and, and, um, and then once we get on the boat, just, you know... Practice. Just practice. Enough. And then, um, you know, then I probably realize that I am missing certain steps yeah. or something. And then, you know, just little by little, trying to understand them. I think it's uh, I I think it's more for personal interest, um, yeah, and as opposed to like uh, 
legitimate like or backup plan? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is is um, there's so many pieces of electronics and equipment. You know, would you really need to use it? Maybe not. Maybe probably ninety five percent no if you're doing a circumnavigation. But if you actually had to. It'd be nice to at least know how to figure it out. Yeah, right? and I think there's the historical part, like you yeah. know, knowing that how people used to do things, and then you realize that you know, wow, <laughs> yeah, you give them credit for being on small boats, moving around, and and figuring out their way around, and that was the only way for them to right. know where they were. So, so yeah, I think there is a little bit of that. And then I think there's some situational things, just changing the topic on this category, that you learn just by spending time on the boat. So, for instance, you know, we were doing the Outremer week and um, things break. You know, we had a sheet break on our um, Genoa. The sheet or the The, cover? The cover. Well, it was on the sheet. and, and then what, like, how do you, then what do you do? You know? And so she kind of helped taught us how to switch the line while we were underway. Um, and so things like this that happen that probably might happen at mm. some point, it's just good to see it in action Yeah. or yeah. a line gets caught. A line that's getting over, uh, I forgot, over ride. Yeah. Over ride, over winch. So right. suddenly, like, you cannot remove it. So right. just to know how to use leverage to to be able to undo that. Yeah. You know, stuff like these. Things like this, like, they're not emergencies. They're just things that happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, as or your, your anchor gets pulled up by some other boat or something. Like, these things happen, you know, when you're out there. So just at least seeing it to mm-hmm. take place. And then uh, there's more what I would call, just moving on to the next category, I would call these specialized courses, and maybe celestial fits in this in this category. But you know, there's diesel mechanics, offshore maintenance, weather, um, rope work. You know how to how to what do they call it? How to whip the lines together and mm-hmm. and make different things with the lines in an emergency, or if you want to do that, do it yourself. So these are more specialized courses. A lot of these were taught through Uchmer for the ones that we took. Um, you can take them elsewhere as well. Um, but, you know, those were really, really good, I think, to have overall. If you get a new boat, you have to have a Volvo certified dealer do your maintenance the first, what is it, two, three years? Two years. I two think. years. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's, it's really good to take the diesel class, not necessarily because you're going to fix the engine, but because you can oversee the work and proper, properly diagnose the work, right? Yeah, it takes some mystery away because now you've been close to a diesel engine or a generator. Mm-hmm. And so at least you, you'll have to do regular checks. Mm-hmm. And so you'll feel more comfortable at a minimum after having taken And keeping people honest on the estimates they give you. Like, no, we don't need to do all that. We just need to do these three things, you know, because yeah. that, that does happen too. And then um, I, th- I found the, the electrical course to be good. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not, well, first of all, anything electrical, I would always want to get an expert. Um, but I think it's really good to understand how the system works you know, um, and how, because it helps you diagnose a problem, which is, I think the most value of that, not actually fixing it, but diagnosing it and understanding how to trace lines back and how, how the bus works and all that. And I think if you have to focus on, on courses, I mean, most problems on a boat are going to be related to the, 
to the diesel diesel engine, but the mm-hmm. m- m- most problems are going to be come by coming back to the uh, to the diesel itself being dirty or something. So just to know that, and for electrical, that's the other part of the most things of the just problems. wiggle loose, yeah. you know, and you don't know where to start looking, and that's yeah. the that's the hard part. Um, okay, and then. Medical? Well, that's so. This goes to the next category, which is courses to oh. take together. So, courses we think are really good to take together. So, let me just go back real quick. Um, so, you took a lot of the specialized courses. So, you took diesel. Um, you took more involved weather course. I took a kind of a light weather course, um, and I think I think it I think it was good for us to have a baseline. Um, but you took other things that just dividing and conquering. Like I wanted to spend my time actually sailing on the boat and getting more practical experience. And so you spent more time in the classroom than I did, mm-hmm. um, which is how we split it up just cause I'm trying to get up the learning curve. Um, but courses to take together definitely were the safety at sea. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, it's, it covers fire, water ingress, equipment failure, um, life raft. It op- they taught us how to get in and out of the life raft. That was really useful. Mm-hmm. Definitely good to take together. The other one to take together is the medical and um, medical related triage. There's some really good books on this too um, that I've that I've read, and um, th- it's just good to know how the triage process works. You're not going to be doing surgery on somebody. This is really just a triage course to figure out how to stop the bleeding, how to diagnose the problem, um, and how to, you know, figure out how much time you have to get more help or, or, you know, get yourself set up for success in a situation where you're not going to be at land immediately. Yeah. And, and ideally you're in communication with, with a doctor Yeah, and, um, and then you can follow some basic instructions and understand some, some of the communication Right. But the, but even the books that you can get, um, there's a wilderness um, medicine book. I think it's called Wilderness Medicine. And it's really, really good because it kind of um, teaches you the triage process. Like there's a little procedure to check this, check that, ask some questions if the person's conscious to narrow down the problem so that you can get at it quicker. And there is a little procedure for that. And I'm, and you know, it's so funny because now I'm like, oh, that's why they ask you these questions in the emergency room, you know? <laughs> so it all makes sense. Uh, so definitely that. Um, and then going back to weather and navigation, I do think it's good for each person to have an understanding of weather. Like you, you don't necessarily need to know how to, you know, be a weather forecaster, but having kind of the basic understanding and um, also navigation more learning how to use the navigation equipment, right? Yeah, and software. Yeah. And and that's a task that is going to be used, I mean, every time you move and, and you're going to monitor the weather, uh, even at anchor, to figure out when to, to move. So it's, if, um, if the t- I mean, it's a skill that both people can, can learn and, um, and if you can divide this, it's, it's great. And not only divide, but also... Somebody might take the lead at some point in time, but then you you have the other person say, okay, like, you know, you explain to the other person and they can give you some also some feedback, like, oh, what about this? What about that stuff that you haven't thought about? So- yeah, and this is a really good, the reason I put this in the category of doing together is because it causes a lot of conversations. Like, 
and we're going to do a future podcast deeper on weather and navigation. Um, but it, it, like if one person is more comfortable in a certain situation than another person, or is there some uncertainty about, you know, what that type of weather means? Um, and, and especially in the local, the local weather, it's not like the big systems, it's like the local, um, weather situations as well, or the wind that comes off the mountains a certain way. Um, you both being on the same page and being comfortable with that, uh, is really important. And that's why I think both people need a certain level of basic understanding of the weather and navigation. So it's not a black box. Like the person isn't just completely scared and paranoid or worried. Oh, it looks like a thunder and lightning storm. No, no, it's way over here. You know, like you have conversations about that, right? Yeah. And and you're involved in the decision making. So you're going to feel more comfortable you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you don't know what's going on. When you leave, you're going to have some doubts and that's not good. Mm-hmm. The other thing I put on this list is, um, you know, getting coaching together or taking lessons together. Uh, there's taking lessons separate and having separate experience, but there's a lot of value. Even if you're taking a course together, if you let the uh, instructor um, or the skipper know that you're trying to practice things as a couple, um, then they understand what you're doing. Like not all of them think that way, right? Um, so if if you say, "Hey, let us do the maneuver together," um, you know, sometimes when you're in a instructor environment, they're kind of doing one one by one um, instruction. So I think it's good to just communicate that. And then we've took the opportunity, taken the opportunity to um, get lessons together with a coach. Like we did that in Croatia. I thought that was useful. Um, just yeah. to sort out, you know, more how we communicate, so how we work together, right? And then, yeah, once you have your, I mean, before you get a, your boat, but once you have your boat, after you have your boat, you might be like, okay, it's not my boat. But I would say, and you've spent a lot of money by then, and you might be like, oh, I'll skip on that. We'll, we'll just learn. practice. Yeah. We'll just learn. But I will say that's probably the, the best money you can spend uh, to help you through the learning curve and knowing your boat, sending your boat. Mm-hmm. Like, and then don't stick to one instructor because each mm-hmm. instructor has different kind of like, not skill set, obviously they have the same. Tips and tricks, yeah. yeah different personalities, different approaches. Yeah. And the more you sail with different people, um, the more you're going to learn. Yeah. And so, so yeah, don't be afraid. Even if you like a certain coach, you know, just just change. And you'll see like some differences and you can ask questions. Oh, so-and-so does it this way. Like, you know, you yeah. do it this way and you know why, you know, yeah. that's when you really learn. And the other thing I'll say, and um, this is really important, um, no matter how wonderful the skipper is, because you're awesome, you're amazing and you're a wonderful husband, <laughs> but you're n- sometimes not the best teacher. Like, and hey, <laughs> you might not be the best teacher. I know. <laughs> No, but the point is, like, I think it's a, I think it's a heavy burden to put on your experienced spouse. It could go the other way, the wife or the husband, but it's a big burden to put on the experienced spouse to also be an experienced teacher. It's a different skill set, right? There's like, you're a great skipper, but maybe not a great teacher, or you're a great teacher, maybe not a great skipper. And so, getting outside help is good, even if one person has more experience. Yeah. I think, you know. I mean. You, you can be a decent teacher, but you're definitely not going to be an experienced teacher. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and what I see is just sometimes just finding the right words. Or the right way to describe it or something, yeah. To describe it, to diffuse a situation. Mm-hmm. Or, 
it's just you know something that uh, as a as a coach i mean you're going to learn i mean you know over yeah. time and yeah. how to refine you know how to teach certain things and, and it helped me be a better learner like remember um i spent i spent all week on boats separate from you cuz you're in the classroom and then when we got on the boat together we we were asked to do a certain maneuver and i was like okay um you know stefan give me space to figure it out. Please don't tell me the answer. And then that helped you because it helped you understand how I learn best, you know, by just like thinking it through and being able to, yeah. I think to be, yeah, to be patient and, and to give the person time to think this through, like, cause it might take like 10 seconds the first time or the first time might be like a mistake. And then the next time might take like, I don't know, five to 10 seconds, but every moment is going to be a learning moment and then over time it will become natural and then you start not thinking about it right and I think just out of the nature of you know you trying to be helpful right like your natural reaction is to be helpful to give the answer or to do it right it's not you're trying to be rude or overtake it it's just it's just you're trying to be helpful so um what's good is providing that person me in this case a little extra room to just like think it through as I as it becomes more muscle memory is, is really, really, really good. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of courses to take together or things to practice together. And then, then I would say that the last category is anything specific to your own boat. Um, so in this case, uh, we will be getting, uh, almost a week, uh, with the Outremer team to go through not only the boat, but all of the systems. Mm -hmm. So, um, in a new boat situation, if you're, broker or your boatyard doesn't offer this themselves, um, or even if it's a used boat, you know, you hire somebody who knows the boat, even if it's a former owner who knows the boat in a used boat situation, even that would be better than nothing. Yeah. And record everything they say. Yeah. <laughs> you'll forget, <laughs> you'll forget it. it. Yeah. But at least you can go back and, and be like, Oh, what did they say? Yeah. And, um, you know, from electronics, communication, um, power management, plumbing and electrical system, just knowing where everything is. Um, and then any characteristics around docking or anchoring, it seems like, Oh, well we've done docking and anchoring. I know how to do that. But boats have little personalities, don't they? They have little, you know, they act differently, um, than other boats. So it's, it's really good to kind of sort that out. Yeah, it's um, the more you can learn before really taking off. The, the it's the whole goal. I mean, you have a dream. Yeah, you, know, you have a project, and and that's investment that is just super valuable. So yeah, you, you learn along the way too, but you you want that foundation. Yeah, and I think taking a systematic approach as a couple to it and having conversations about it really helps you get in the mindset that it's a journey. You know, because there are times when when I was first learning, I was getting frustrated, right? I was getting frustrating, frustrated with like not knowing certain things. And maybe in your life on land, like you're you're at a place in your life where you feel like you know a lot about a lot of things, and then you get on a boat and you just feel dumb, you know? <laughs> and so it's frustrating and it can kind of kill the dream if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you understand it's a process and you have a plan to, you know, continue to improve and push your boundaries and um, communicate together how to best make that work and get help 
um, you know, not being afraid to get help. I think those are really things that could help set a couple up. Yeah. And maybe like make a roadmap because definitely for the person who is the least experienced, uh, to not miss that opportunity at the beginning. Yeah. To just to be like really, really committed and it might be hard and challenging, but to know that's really like a moment where you can, you can learn in yeah. a good environment. But maybe to build a, a little roadmap over a year and be like, okay, where do I want to be by the end of the year? And and to not be afraid to say, okay, like in three or like a month or three months after we left, we're going to bring back a coach and mm -hmm. go back, you know, we we might be doing things like we might have drifted away because you're learning the right way. And then what happens is human nature, you know, you mm -hmm. drift. And And to really build that that one year roadmap, maybe around really training and learning and making sure, like you know, the both people stay on it, you know, and um, and not one person suddenly was not comfortable and the environment was not perfect, has drifted away, and now you're not you're like a passenger on your boat. Yeah. And and so I would say that in the beginning, but the first year is critical. Yeah, I would say that, and just kind of going taking this full circle to the beginning of the conversation. Um, there's definitely things you can learn before you even step on a boat that really do set you up for success. Mm -hmm. I'll share a little an anecdote that you and I both saw right when we were we were on this summer. We were on a boat. You know, you, you have the the husband who has more experience, and then the maneuver is the wife, and she has to throw the lines, and she's never done it before. And he's giving her orders, you know, she doesn't know like which cleat do I throw it to, which way do I throw it, like am I throwing the right end, you know, and these seem really like simple things, but if you've never actually done it before, you, you don't know and you, and you suddenly have to toss a line, right? And, um, and it doesn't look like a big deal. It doesn't look like a big <laughs> deal, but it is, right? Because then here's what happens, then she, then she gets barked at, right? And it's a bad experience. So then she feels bad. She's frustrated. And that's not going to be helpful if mm. you intend to spend time together on a boat. Like starting out like that is not good. Mm. And it seems like such a small thing. But, you know, these are the things that you can kind of even work on in your backyard. Yeah, to set yourself up for success. And, and so little changes, you know, you might have a cleat that is like a meter or two or like below where you stand and there might be one that might be a meter or two above. And so it's going to be different. And so try different configurations and, and get comfortable with it. Yeah. And, and I would say just like final advice um, to someone, to the person who has more experience is just remember what it was like when you were first learning, you know, if you can. And And have patience and give space to to the other person. Um, and keep the big picture in mind yeah. because you're you're having a dream, yeah. And it's <laughs> like a it's a major life, investment, yeah. life change. You're quitting your jobs. You're investing like your savings into this project. And you're spending a lot of money for a boat. Yes. Yeah. And and the last thing you want is those dreams to just die even before you leave the dock. Yeah. I mean, they might not die right away, but you know, like it's not going the right way. Yeah. So set yourself up for success. Yeah. It's uh, worth it. Anyway, so hopefully this helped you. I think what I'm going to do is just sort of put this in a blog and post it on our website in case you want to refer back to it. Uh, so check that out. And uh, yeah, so uh, look forward to our upcoming podcast on weather and navigation. Fair winds for now. Bye -bye.
Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 o